podcast, Greater Than Yourself, Season 3. Do you have an idea for an episode or question for John and Fred? Email us at podcastgreaterthanyourself at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram at podcast underscore greater underscore than underscore yourself or doctor underscore silkworth. Okay, so the last interview that we did was with Carl, a.k.a. Carl, um, and he actually texted me the other day. Sometimes he'll just text me random stuff, ask questions about, like, you ever sponsor somebody like this, ever sponsor somebody like that? Um, and he uh, <laughs> he was on Agent X's show, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day, he was like, you ever sponsor somebody who's just an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> And I was kind of, I was like, you know, I mean, tempted to joke around, but I was like, what's going on, man? <laughs> like, what, what's the deal? Um, and he kind of described the situation. And I immediately thought of this dude who I sponsored, who um, there used to be this meeting that we would go to um, when, when me and Fred lived in the same city. And uh, we would go there on Friday nights and it was just great to pick up newcomers because just always, there was always like a treatment van and just random people would show up there. Um, and you could always approach someone. And so it was one of those meetings where you kind of get into like a holding pattern, sort of like a, a habit where you go and you're like, okay, I'm praying, I'm listening for like whoever sounds really miserable and I'm going to go approach them right after. Right. It's just like wherever God takes me. And during the meeting, there was this new dude and he was like really brash and obnoxious when it came around to him. And I had never seen him before. And he made it clear that he was like, you know, there from a halfway house. And it was just like, it was like every red flag of like, like a tough shell to crack, you know? Um, he spent every moment of the meeting drawing instead of like listening, <laughs> except for when he was talking. And um, when he was talking, it was just like, it was like a total like bitch session, just like all this anger and stuff. Um, and also like, I've done all this stuff and I've done the steps and I know what the steps are and all this stuff. And I was like, in my head, I was like, and he was also like this like long haired metalhead with like tattoos all over him and stuff and like a sleeveless jean jacket. And, uh, I was, which is, you know, besides the point, but to paint a picture, I was sitting there and in my head, I was like, I do not want to sponsor that dude. And so I went like right after the meeting, right after the prayer, I went to this other guy and I started talking to him and he seemed like very disinterested. And as I'm talking to him, the metalhead guy like comes up like right next to me and he's just like standing there staring at me. And I was like, I was basically like trying to ignore him. (laughs) And I was like... Okay, eventually I was like, hey, what's up? Hey, you know, Jimmy or whatever, right? You know, because I remembered his name because he was like such a loud train wreck. And he was like, hey, man, will you sponsor me? Like, right, like, first thing he said. And I was just like, of course, man, let's talk, you know? And and I pulled my phone out and I was like, what's your phone number? And he, and he goes, what is that, an iPhone 4? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, 
So it was like he was the first guy that came to mind when Carl asked me that. You ever sponsor somebody who's just an asshole? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. This guy comes close. But anyway, what? That's he's it. like, I'm, I'm looking for some. I'm looking for like an iPhone 11 sponsor. I'm, I'm really. What's your MacBook Pro situation? Exactly. Yeah. I feel like the, the denim vest is relevant. By the way. <laughs> and uh yeah so that is our guest for this week mrs jones if you want to say hi to everyone in podcast land hi everyone in podcast land perfect um nailed it yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i I don't know uh how i'll cut together that um preamble uh my little story there but don't change a thing. It does. It does do well to introduce our topic. Is your sponsor doing their job? Um, I guess it's sort of tangentially related to that, but um, I do think it's uh, a, a funny, a funny question to ask someone else who you know is active in sponsorship. This is random questions that we, you know, like a, I know stuff like that comes to my mind every once in a while. You ever sponsor someone who's just a total asshole? <laughs> um the uh the initial thing that came to my mind when we were talking about so what we're trying to do this season is like a little different we're basically um we spent like the whole first season of the show a lot of the stuff was aimed toward like myths in meeting maker land that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. stuff that's just plain not aa um, but that's heard everywhere in a, as AA, you know, yeah. um, season two, like I was saying earlier, we were doing like more, uh, step talk series. And with this season, we're kind of combining the two a little bit. And really what we're focusing on is those myths and those things that are misattributed as being doctrine of AA. Um, but that also are simultaneously very pervasive within like, big book people circles and like solution circles and stuff like that. Cause there's just so much of that stuff that you hear that's not in the book at all, you know, even from people who know the book very well. And I think a lot of that's passed down from like oral tradition stuff, um, certainly from meetings. And I think most of it is probably all of it is well intentioned. Um, Mm -hmm. But we just kind of with this season want to explore like, you know, well, what what's the actual book say about that stuff? Right. You know. Right. Exactly. And when you first brought up that topic of, you know, is your is your sponsor doing their job? It made me think of that passage on. um, One oh two. Your job now is to be at the place where you may be of maximum helpfulness Mm. to others. You know, and I actually sponsor very differently than I was sponsored, Mm -hmm. but my sponsor did teach me how to do exactly that. She taught me to not rely on her to, you know, to, to connect to a higher power and connect to the fellowship and then go help others. Right. Yeah. That's my job. I love further in that paragraph, keep on the firing line of life. Right. You know, yes. It's like the thing Silkworth talks about, like being this, there, there is a delineation between people who are actively seeking to be of use to other alcoholics and people who are maybe doing something else, you know, mm-hmm. and this idea that like 
there's no wrong or right way to do step 12. The book, I feel like, makes it pretty clear that there's there's definitely a, a right area, you know? you it, it gives us a whole chapter on, you know, exactly what to do, right? And really what it boils down to, uh, in my thinking, is actively seeking out people to help, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I just had a conversation with a sponsee the other day because I always say, go fishing, go fishing. Right. And she's saying, I can't find anyone. And I said, go hunting then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love that. <laughs> go spelunking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. There's got to be some newcomers in caves somewhere. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's, I mean, this is, part of the talk with sponsees is you know the the goal is not to get other people sober this is you know this is about seeking to help others you know and i was i was just texting with another friend of the podcast uh yesterday um just about how the more i focus on exactly what you just said to just be at the place where i can be of maximum usefulness the more the direction I get from God in my actual, like in my, in my quote unquote actual life is to do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Hey, uh, I, I think I might want a new job. Yeah. How about do nothing with that? Right. And then, but just go to meetings and like help people and then boom, a new job, mm-hmm. you know, Hey God, I really need to fix this problem in my life. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I need you to do nothing with that. But what I could use you for is this, I need you to, hey, that guy's going to call you. I need you to talk to him about whatever and do that. And then boom, that problem I thought I had just like of nothing of my doing it. Boom. The problem just got fixed. Right. You know, and so, so much more. I don't know if I'm sure it's always been that way, but just recently it's really becoming apparent that like 90% of the time, the direction I get from God is like, yeah, I don't, I actually don't need your help with this one. I got this. Right. I'll take it. Exactly. It doesn't feel linear. You know, and my understanding is all hindsight. But when I look back at those early months, because I I was taken through the steps pretty slowly Mm. and I don't recommend that. And yet, you know, it it worked. I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember like not not understanding how I was somehow more effective at work when I would pick up girls from the, you know, Mm. local sober living and take them to a meeting, you know, it didn't make any sense. Um, my home group asked me to show up an hour early once a week to make coffee. And I was thinking, it doesn't take an hour to make coffee. (laughs) You know, do they not know that? And yet I'm nicer to my husband, you know, these things started happening and no one was telling me to be more effective at work or nicer to my husband, but that was the result. I was getting these byproducts that I, um, I wasn't expecting. And I just was honestly too foggy to argue (laughs) with the suggestions people made. And I just kept moving my feet. I think that that's the power of, um, like you mentioned hindsight. I think the power of that, actual process that's outlined in the book, right? What you're, what you're actually suggested to do, particularly with 10, 11 and 12 and with 11 specifically in my experience, this idea that Fred's talking about, you know, Fred calls it do nothing. The book calls it pause, right? So like 
pause when agitator or doubtful means do nothing on that. <laughs> Seek guidance and go help someone, you know? Mm -hmm. So like if I'm doing that, what happens is something far, far more significant and uh, impactful and like deeply changing and shifting in my per perception and perspective than ever could have happened by like listening to suggestions from people and just trying to make myself be that thing that, that they're mm -hmm. saying, you know, like how many times do we hear people give like very well-meaning advice when it's like, well, really, if you just don't, fuck with your job situation or you don't fuck with your romance situation and you do this stuff that's in this book, you'll actually get connected to better guidance than this dude who happens to be, you know, 30 years of coffee breath or what some guy at a meeting, you know what I mean? It's like, and this guy's like, well, you need to quit that job. And it's just like, I, maybe I don't need to quit the job. Who, who knows? But like so much of what's passed off as sponsorship and guidance in AA is often exactly what you, the antithesis of what you, Mrs. Jones led off with, which is like, it's somebody guiding your life. It's somebody being your higher power. It's somebody telling you how you should be living instead of helping you get connected to an absolute gigantic thing that you can't comprehend that will give you guidance and that will be more effective. I used to think that I had very specific problems that required very specific solutions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now obviously I see that it's the only solution is God. Right. And the guidance is always from God. And to get to that guidance, I have to clear away the stuff that's been blocking me for so long. Right. And, and that's the part that took a while you know, since I went through the steps slowly and there was a, there was a long time of um, bringing these specific problems to my sponsor. And, and sometimes she would try to give me specific guidance. You know, there were times when she almost functioned as a life coach mm. and I see the fallibility in that now. And she was absolutely well-meaning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, but it was over time that I started receiving this God guidance and really understanding what that experience is all about right. and, and that I can trust in that guidance. Right. It's so funny. It's so funny. I mean, nobody else will appreciate this, but I don't know if you guys can read my scribble, but I literally wrote life coach <laughs> as John was talking um, because while we do this, I, my, you know, like my, everybody says amazing stuff on our podcast. So it's like, every, I'm always trying to like make a little note so I can remember like what to go back to. But you know, like um, the question we're asking today is like, is your sponsor doing their job? So of course, what's the next thing I immediately think of is, okay, well we should probably define what the job of the sponsor is. Right. And at a lot of the meetings that we go to, that's something that is done, right? right. We ask someone to define sponsorship and you know, what I, I think gets lost in this kind of, I mean, this is a brand. We're talking about a very specific brand of sponsorship right now. This, right. you know, this kind of life coach sponsorship, this kind of, I'm going to direct you sponsorship. And 
the problem with that is, is that we're losing touch of the goal of the 12 steps, right? Mm -hmm. The goal of the 12 steps is that, Hey, I found this power outside of myself. I call it God, or I call it higher power, whatever. And, um, and I, I walked this very specific path and I found it. So I can, I'm just going to go back to the beginning of the path with you. And I'm just going to walk along the path with you. I'm going to walk along the path with you so that you meet God, mm -hmm. not so that you meet me. Right. Um, the relationship. And I think in this other kind of um, sponsorship brand that is very popular in Alcoholics Anonymous right now, um, the goal at the end of it is is more a relationship with the sponsor. Right. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, there are people who I care about deeply. Um, well, it's actually, I would say um, the people who I think about with this have two very specific relationships in AA. They have the relationship with their sponsor is very important and the relationship to how much time they have is very important. And yeah. those two things usually go hand in hand, right. you know, it's like I have 20 years and my sponsor and I are like this. Mm -hmm. I run every decision by them and... Oh. Uh, you know, um, and he, I mean, that's the thing. I know I hear people in meetings. It makes my skin crawl. Years of sobriety who are like, yeah, well, you know, there I was at eight years and, you know, I was, wasn't sure if I should date this woman or not. So what did I called, called Jim, you know, oh. old Jim. My thinking's always this. wrong. So I got to <laughs> call <Yeah>. Jimbo. <laughs> always called Jim. Bad neighborhood. You know, my sponsor was always clear right from the beginning. He was like, uh, I fucked up my life so bad. I ended up in AA. You want to take advice from me? <laughs> it's, it's like completely backwards, you know? Um, so it, you know, so I think it's just always, it's just always getting lost what the actual goal is. Right. And the, the relationship that the sponsee is trying to build is with God. I need to actually get out of the way of that. Exactly. Um, providing them with dating advice, probably not going to be. Now, that doesn't mean that a sponsor calls me and, you know, this is the third time in a row that they've called and they're, you know, sobbing because another, you know, relationship, another, you know, romantic relationship has failed. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be like, hey, man, maybe you want to write some inventory on this, on what's going on here. Maybe we want to take another look at this. Doesn't mean I'm not going to, but my direction is always back to the work. It's never to my thinking, right. you know? Right, right. It always, it always has to go back to God. And for that, I just rely on, you know, my own God-given intuition, this book and my experience. Right. Mm -hmm. No opinions, you know, no guessing, None of that stuff. And there are a lot of situations that my sponsees might go through that I have absolutely no personal experience in. And mm -hmm, I right. think that end up being an asset. You know, um, we don't have any kids and a lot of my sponsees are moms. So, you know, if they come to me with, you know, challenging stuff with their kids, I'm like, mm, I don't know, pray, you know, <laughs> like, I don't, right, right. You know that, that's always going to be my suggestion anyway. Um, and, and, you know, of course, we can connect each other with people in the fellowship who maybe have had the same situations, things like that. But the ultimate guidance always has to be from God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, the, this business of this is another, I think, probably offshoot or it's like another another symptom of this type of sponsorship, I guess you could call it um, this business of like needing to have a sponsor who has like the same life experience as you or something. Mm. Right. And I think that yeah. that, that goes back to 
relying heavily on this concept of identification um but like the wrong <laughs> the, like the wrong the least the less useful type of identification or it's like to me um identification in aa the importance of that is i i i have the two symptoms physical and mental of alcoholism described in the book and mm -hmm. i can uh relate with you on that level so you can have a step one experience and then we can go through the rest of the steps and the other shit exactly. me having like a kid or a wife or like mm -hmm. playing in bands or you know like whatever um <laughs> it, it's it's moot and and it and it's pointless because you stand to gain access to the book describes it what limitless load right mm -hmm. this thing that like well absolutely repeatedly in the book it says it you can apply all of your life's problems to this solution right you can find a solution for all of your problems or you know you could just keep asking me for advice on stuff you get or you could you could find the exact person you relate with precisely and then just hitch your wagon to them like what? but it's, it's that's the norm in so many places and i think a lot of that is a symptom of this like problem solving meeting that that we find so much in aa now which is like you know you go in and everybody's going to you know it's like who's got the topic and then somebody's going to mm. kind of you know generally lay out some kind of grievance and then everyone's going to kind of give them advice on this grievance yeah it's just like what fucking Airing the grievances yeah exactly it's like what fucking planet am i on right now like we have <laughs> we have like explicit directions for concrete actions this is what cracks me up about AA. Every time that I went to a therapist when I was drinking, um, trying to get my life together or like abstaining, trying to not drink and trying to get my life together, I would go to a therapist. My first visit with them, I would always be like, I want specific directions how mm -hmm. to get from A to B. Like, I, I need to know things I can do. And then, like, after I'd been to AA, it was still the same thing. I would go and I'd say that, but in my mind, I'd be like, well... I, I was at AA and they had like these list of things, but I'm not going to go do that shit. So like you need to give me a list of stuff to do um, because it was painfully evident that like just talking about my day was not doing much for me. Right. But like a lot of groups and meetings I go to, it seems like that's the pervasive ideology there is that we come here, we talk about our day and then tomorrow we do that again. And then we just keep doing that. <laughs> so, of course, we're going to sponsor that we way. Might yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but today, I know I won't. Oh. I promised myself tomorrow I can drink. And then, and then tomorrow it'll be today again. That's brutal. If you told me I had to stay sober the rest of my <laughs> life, I'd be drunk on the way home. <laughs> a sh That's a shining beacon of hope for the um, newcomer. Yeah. yeah. So... I love John. I love what you're saying about like I'm. I'm gonna see if I can piss off a few of our listeners here. You said, you said, I bet you uh, can that people. I'm sure I can. <laughs> um, you said people look for the same life experience. Here's one for you. 
Um, how about the whole same genitalia? Right. Oh, I can only be sponsored by a woman because I'm a woman. And I love, you know, this is John's line. I'm stealing this from him. He's always the one who's like, so you're saying that like, there's no way after I've grown spiritually and like done this work and everything that that I could see a woman as anything, but just like (laughs) something for me to, 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 you know, hang as a trophy on my wall, you know, as a, as a notch in my bedpost. That's a, as, as far as I can, as, as far as I can go. And, and I, I just think it's another example um, of the, okay, so I, I had just a quick reading, I mean literal quick, so it's on page 98 uh, out of Working With Others, and it says, uh, job or no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence upon God, which right there, I mean, goes mm-hmm. just flies in the face of everything we've just been talking about, right? right. And then the next, the next um, part it says, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he call his sponsor every day and not date for a year, right? Yeah. No, it yeah. says the only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. It's like the process is simple. The more you do it, I know this is true for John. I'm sure this is true for Mrs. Jones as well. Like the more you do it, the more simple it becomes, not the more complicated. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want it to be complicated. I want it to be difficult because as Mrs. Jones said at the beginning, like, oh, I have these very specific problems. I need very specific solutions. (laughs) Like, no, actually, uh, this very, this very simple process is going to solve everything. Same solution. No matter, same solution every, every fucking time. Same one every time. And it doesn't matter if I have a penis and the person across from me has a vagina, I can transmit that same exact process to them. And, uh, and I, I do that. Like I have female sponsees and it works fine. Like right. there's no difference so in, how, in how it goes. I know. I know. My thing with Somehow that, I always are... think of is like, <clears throat> okay. So like given my history romantically, like I can't sponsor fucking anyone apparently. <laughs> Like, no human beings. <laughs> the last thing you should be doing is giving another man advice. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really thankful that, you know, my home group, which I landed in while I was still detoxing, it's actually very common for men to sponsor women, women to sponsor men. That's hmm. just a thing. And so it never occurred to me that it would be wrong in any way until I attended other groups and started hearing people talk about that. Right. And I was like, that's not true. You know, and I've, I've got a couple of weeks and I'm like, Oh, I, I, I think it can be done. <laughs> you know, it was one of, one of the first ideas that I latched onto. It was like, no, that's okay. Well, now I get, I get the women, the men sponsoring women, but the, the reverse, I, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> I think what always, uh, not not that we need to talk about this for 20 minutes or anything, but I think that w- the thing that always cracks me up about that or just like confuses me is when I'm at a meeting and someone is like, you know, spit and fire and they're like, this is usually at like a treatment center or something like somebody have brought in with me to talk to new people. Um, and somebody's like really sharing their ass off. And then, and then they just like randomly, they're like, of course, you know, men sponsor men and women sponsor women. And of course, of course, that's a, you know, that's everyone that knows that it's a given. And I'm just like, why did you have to go and do that? It's like, again, you're just like, you're giving information that doesn't, that isn't in this book. In fact, Mm -hmm. 
have you read the introduction to Dr. Bob's story? <laughs> like, it says he sponsored women. Like, it's just like, can we just drop yeah. it, dude? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I think all of that is like well-meaning. I think it comes from a good place. And I think yeah. uh, no, no one we've ever had on our show nor would have or would ever invite would pretend that male predation does not exist in AA. Uh, right. And is, and that it's not a problem. I think that that's hundred percent understood. So I just want to acknowledge that. Well, that's why we have a, that's why we have a bonus question. I mean, <laughs> you know, as you were, ta- as you were doing that, it's like uh, when you were talking about, you know, at the very beginning of this, you said that we understand a lot of this stuff that, is being floated around a started from a good place, right? There was a, there was a group, there was some guy who'd been there forever. Some, you know, hot young girl came in and he's the guru and he took her under his wing. And next thing you know, he's got a harem, uh, you know, and so, you know, the, and so that then leaves that group and it goes to other groups and, and it's like, you know what, maybe it's better if the men just hang with the men and the women. Right. I get like, I get the place it's coming from, but the problem is, is I know this for a fact. I know women who are dying in yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous because there are no active women in their area. Right. And to tell them that they can't get sponsored by someone who's on fire for AA because happens to be a dude is is just it's patently absurd. For sure. I think, Probably absurd. Yeah. And I think that there's also the at, at the same time, um, there's also an understanding behind what you're saying where it's like if there are women in that area who are you know recovered alcoholics i'm not gonna like pursue sponsees like away from them you know what i mean right um right you know they they need their chance to grow as a sponsor just like anyone right and i think Mm -hmm. the more recovered women the better the stronger the group right i think that goes without saying it's a limit with load (laughs) um there, there actually is an example of um, another example besides Dr. Bob's story of, of a man sponsoring a woman in the big book in uh, Jim Burwell's story on page 230. Mm-hmm. It says, in June 1945, with another member, I made my first and only 12-step call on a female alcoholic, and a year later, I married her. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> she has been sober all the way through. And for me, that has been good. <laughs> for me, that has been good. All right, Jim. Um, <laughs> Jim might be the reason that we have this little right <laughs> asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm glad that worked out for Jim. <laughs> right? Exa- exactly. Good for you, Jim. Excited to announce next week's guest, Jim Burwell. (laughs) The ghost of Jim Burwell. (laughs) She's miserable, but... (laughs) Sure. Circular Changes Rehabilitation Center. Alumni Testimonials. I really felt like the staff at Circular Changes had my best interest at heart. The other dozen or so treatment facilities I've been through were so demanding, asking me to try the God thing or those outdated 12 steps. At Circular Changes, they let me outline a program of recovery that worked for me. They 
make circular changes, I will definitely be back. Circular changes, where you are our number one priority, so long as your insurance keeps paying. <laughs> I want to, I want to go back to Bill's story, real quick. To, yes. I feel like page thirteen gets read on our show like all the time, or is that just me? No, it happens a lot. It's a um, good page. Yeah. So, I just want to read a couple highlights here from 13, 14, 15. So, on 13, it says, you know, after Bill's, at the end of him describing his step work, mm-hmm. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Um, and then over on... 14 at the bottom says my friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs particularly was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me faith without works was dead he said and how appallingly true for the alcoholic for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead if he did not work he would surely drink again, and if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to a solution to their problems. So, like, what, um, at Black Rhinos the other day, we did Bill's story, or I guess it was, was it last week? or No, it was this week. Um... And one thing that occurred to me reading this again is, you know, because there's always the thing at the book study, I guess we go through the book every, what is it, like 11 to 13 weeks, depending on how we're cutting mm-hmm. up the chapters. Um, and there's always this thing when we get back to Bill's story, where I'm like, ah, what the fuck am I going to hear in Bill's story for the 7,000th time? <laughs> that I, you know what I mean? Like, I've been reading this since 1999. I think I've gotten all I can get out of Bill's story. Um, and yet every time I'm like, Oh, snap, dude. You know, and I feel like a different perspective on it. Um, Mm. And this time with these sections here, what came to me was like, as a recovered person, because, you know, like I view Bill's story as like the first written 12 step call. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. he's like pitching us on everything that ostensibly on like the most successful 12 step call could involve, right? Like it's some identification, you know, some chummy storytelling, some morose ramblings about being a depressive lunatic and, you know, some ego, some pomp, a bunch of failure at trying not to drink. And then how he succeeded and how he became this dude who lived for other people, right? And in this story where this guy, (laughs) this guy's like great friend calls him up and he's like, oh, this dude I used to drink with all the time. We went, you know, we're both these crazy rich dudes and we went and did crazy nutso drunk guy things with each other. And 
I, I haven't heard him sober in years. He's sober. Like, that's crazy. And he shows up at my house and I know that he's sober and I know that he was committed for alcoholic insanity. And I'm like, he must have escaped the fucking asylum because this guy's a nutcase. Like, I can't wait to see him. The first, yeah, the first thing I do is I offer him a drink. So yep. he goes from being that dude, does this process in like, what, 10, 11 days? Yep. To being a dude mm-hmm. who's abandoning himself with enthusiasm to helping other people recover. Yep. So yeah. So like the, the, the depth of the power that someone like that would have to tap into to go from being such a selfish piece of shit to being someone who's like, how can I help other people find this thing? It doesn't come from, oh, I'm feeling squirrely. I better, uh, you know, Operator, get me Ebby Thatcher. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, it doesn't come from that, right? It comes from I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. And then uh, practicing these principles, all my affairs, imperative emphasis on working with others, helping them get connected to the same thing. And what occurred to me is like, all of this stuff in these last couple of pages of Bill's story, it's this great barometer. Like, how am I doing in my recovery right now? Am I abandoning myself with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other people? You know, am I testing my, my new God consciousness? Is that, is that what my life looks like? Do I sit quietly when in doubt and ask for guidance and inspiration, you know? And I think that at the core of a sponsor's job is really to be living that so that I have something to offer. Right. More yeah. Than, more than just advice. Agreed. I think it's that, um, transition. We've talked about this, but on page 13, you know, there's that part where he's bringing his problems to Ebby. It says my schoolmate visited me and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. Mm-hmm. I fully acquainted him like here, <laughs> here's everything here, all my faults, all my problems. And it's just what two paragraphs later that he can bring all those problems to God. Right. You know, and that's the transition. That's what we try to do as we work with others. That's the one goal. And, and to then, you know, enable them to, to be in a position where they can then help the next person and the next person, you know, it's all about trying to show them how to sponsor. Right. Exactly. And, and we know Bill's a jackass. Sorry. (laughs) No, but I think (laughs) it's clear from the story, you know, he's no saint. I think that, uh, I think that. This, more than anything that I've done in my life, I learned by teaching. Um, and I think that that's, that's what's so impactful when I watch someone who I've helped through the steps go and start helping other people. Um, the, the biggest thing there is that every single time the people are like, I don't know how to do this like you do. And I'm like, I didn't know how to do do this like I do either. You know what I mean? Like, I did it. And then now I know how to do it. And then you get better at doing it as you teach someone else how to do it. That's 
that's how this thing works, right? So like, Ebby exactly. may not have kept doing that. Bill did, and eventually found someone who also kept doing that, right? On and on and on. I think, um, I think, yeah. I'm. This is a great you. You pick. I mean, you picked a great a great spot, and you know, Bill. Bill's story is such a is such a beautiful example of of what a personality change looks like. Right. You know, and I, I always reference that. You know, for the first ten pages, it's all about how he you know cheats on his wife, and but that he talks so much about money, it's money, money, money. Oh, he's yeah. going to prove to the world that he's going to be successful and all this stuff. And then um, on page 15, right after where you read, he talks about how it was fortunate that he couldn't work because he was able to do this more. Right. But that's, right. If you want to know what a personality change looks like, that's what it is. It's when you have a driving force and that driving force is now taken away and it's supplanted with a new idea of what drives you. You know, and for Bill, it was, I went from being money to now I'm focused on this, this other passion, this other thing that's saving my life. And through that, he has this new relationship with God. Uh, again, like if we go back to, okay, well, um, we've talked a lot about what the sponsor's job isn't, you know, so what is the sponsor's job, you know? And, and, uh, to me, I think the other, another big piece that we miss talking about in meetings and also like, I think. I did a bad job of, of talking about this early on, like um, in this, in the appendix to the spiritual experience, it talks about the essence mm -hmm. of a spiritual experience being an mm -hmm. awareness of a power greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and Bill actually references that on 13, he says belief in the power of God, you know? And so it's like, um, what is the essence of a spaghetti sauce? It's tomatoes, right? It's the thing that makes up the most of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Always got to be a food reference. And, um, that's what came to mind. So, you know, um, but I don't think we talk about that enough in AA. I certainly didn't do a great job of that early on with sponsees. Just like the 90% of this is just your awareness that there's something else out there. The rest of it, it just kind of happens. You don't, there's, you don't really do anything. Like you're doing this, this others, you're, you're acquainting me with your problems. You're going out and offering to pay the money back. You're doing that stuff. But like all this other stuff, this, this personality change is happening behind the scenes. That's not, right. it's not really the part that you're involved in. You just need to be aware that there is something working in your life and that's all you really need. And, um, and I think as a sponsor, our job is to, kind of cue people into what what we're doing, why we're doing it, and and maybe some of the mile markers that they might look for um, mm. to know that they're headed in the right direction. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I was in a meeting the other day, and this is uh, a meeting where the new uh, new people have an opportunity to, to anonymously write down some questions for the speaker so that they might be able to ask questions that they're unsure of. And it happens like probably two or three times a month where somebody will say the question of, well, how do I know if it's working? Hmm. You know? And I think that's where a sponsor can be so useful, right? right. It's like, yeah, when I was at the fifth step, um, I was having this experience and, uh, and, and, and this is what you should expect at this experience. But like really until you, as you know, as John was just talking about really until you start sitting down with other people and seeing this work, uh, actually come alive in your life, you know, there's really not a lot of expectation for, for you to have this, but then once you get there, then you're going to start to experience this, this, and this, you know, right. definitely. 
<clears throat> that was definitely my experience. The yeah, <clears throat> especially going through the steps in like less than a month and getting into sponsorship, and then you're teaching other people, and then it's like okay. You know, I'm now I look back, I'm like, oh, okay, all of the 10 step promises and stuff didn't happen until that, you know. But then Weird. at that point, it was like, oh, okay, now I see all that stuff kind of in hindsight right. again, you know. I also think <laughs> this occurred to me too. <clears throat> I also think it's really funny. Imagine going into an AA meeting. <laughs> today in 2021 right just any random meeting imagine going in and just like introducing yourself as a new guy and just saying um yeah so my old drinking buddy came over when i was drinking and sitting at my table and he told me he'd take me through the 12 steps and you know so i'm just gonna let him do that how many people would spend the whole meeting telling you that you're fucking nuts and that you're mm -hmm. gonna die right and yet slow that's down yeah that's well that's basically how this thing started this guy's buddy sponsored him right right it's, but it's another you know arbitrary no-no it's like oh you can't work with people you know yeah i don't i don't think you should work <laughs> with him if you guys are that close yeah. and you need to wait at least a year well there's that part in um in a vision for you where um i'll go to the page but dr bob was like two weeks sober himself mm -hmm. when it says, but life was not easy for the two friends. Plenty of difficulties presented themselves. This is 156. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it's in um, AA number three story. It details it out. But Dr. Bob said to Bill, we got to get busy. Right. Can you imagine if somebody was like, yeah, I'm six months sober. I have a sponsee who is two weeks sober, and he told me we have to get busy finding newcomers. Everyone would be like, slow down. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> well, I, think so they, I think they had something there. Right. You two are going to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what they would get? They would get some, some old-timer in the back of the room would give them the old, keep coming back. <laughs> You know that, like, oh, sure, bud. Pat him on the back, like, we've seen plenty of you guys all full of fire. Do people say the pink cloud thing still? Because I remember I used to oh hear that God. all the time back in the day. I don't really go to mm -hmm. random ass meetings too much anymore. Yeah, but I used to people always still say it. I would, I would share something really enthusiastic, and some jackass would be like. When he falls off that paint cloud, he's going to hit the ground real hard or some <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> so full of hope. Just so much hope. Yeah. It's like, thanks, dead dick Dave or whatever the fuck your name is. <laughs> dead dick Honestly, dick. My, my favorite thing is when, you know, working with a sponsee and I, I know they're in a position to help others and they're, they're scared because and I hear it all the time. I don't know the book like you do. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I didn't know the book like I did until I started working with others. Right. And then they, they do it. They start working with somebody and they'll come back to me and say, Oh my God, you know, things came out of my mouth yes. that I wasn't expecting. And I'm like, Oh wow. That might've been <laughs> right. You know, like that is how it happens. And then they get on fire for it. Yeah. You know, um, it's just, it's the most beautiful thing to see. I, I love working shit. with women. <laughs> yeah. I love working with women who are, um, 
you know, perhaps atheist or agnostic. And I don't, I feel like I don't do anything. You know, I share my experiences. We read the book. I make suggestions. And then at some point, they start throwing the God word around. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. would you listen to that? (laughs) You know, I don't know when exactly it happens. And I didn't tell them to do it. It just, it happens. Right. The change comes over them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the, uh, in hindsight, with my... <clears throat> with my sponsor and going through the the steps the um cuz Fred you keep drawing attention to like you know what a sponsor is what a sponsor isn't um and this kind of like paradigm shift that kind of is like a tug of war back and forth um in the fellowship but i think a lot of the stuff that was most impactful and fundamental in my rapid personality change and recovery was stuff that this guy would leave out stuff where this guy would come up to a wall and go, you know, I'm, I'm really not in a position to give you advice on any of that. Uh, I really am not in a position to have an opinion on this. Um, I don't know what you should do with that or this. Um, my experience has been, that when I apply, you know, X, Y, Z things to my problems and I focus on doing those things and helping other people with that, that this other stuff gets taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that from personal experience of being that guy with other people, I know that that didn't come from that dude. Like it's not cause he was born with, you know, you know, heaps and heaps of character you know, that other people don't have. I know it's because God produced this personality change in him that put him in a position to where he can have the humility to not try to tell someone how to live their life and not try to be God for them. Right. And to try to just offer them the same pathway somebody offered him humbly. Right. And I think that that is the real magic of sponsorship it's not about being, you know, Johnny smart guy with the book quotes or, you know, Mr. 45 years. It's about literal interpretation of the step work and being present and available for someone. And that's like really it. Mm, I like that. All right. So uh, 12 questions with our guest. Mrs. Jones, who I don't appreciate telling my wife of my mistress. So that was Mr. Brown. Or I don't know. <laughs> I'm a nut. No, I'm, I'm the nut that committed my husband. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got rid of my best drinking pal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do it again. <laughs> dick move. <laughs> I wrote down oh, dead, dick Dave. dead dick Dave. Dead dick Dave. Was well, I was just trying one. to think of like one of those like uh, clubhouse loser guys who has like a nickname. I, know, I love who just, it. Like hangs out the clubhouse all the time and like shits on people's enthusiasm. <laughs> Poor dead Dick Dave, man. He that guy. Well, why wrong. that came okay. to mind is because there was like a little section of like leather couches at the clubhouse where I first got sober, and they called mm-hmm. it Dead Dick Row. <laughs> And like I was so young at the time, I didn't know what that meant. But I guess it's because there's a bunch of old guys. But I'm like, I was always over there, and I was like 19, so I don't know. 
Uh, okay. Mrs. Jones, how long did it take you to do the steps? A little over a year. Don't yeah. recommend it. Yeah, I was wondering when you said that it was long. Mm-hmm. I was hoping yeah. to ask that one. Yeah, it was it was long. So why don't you recommend that? I don't recommend it because um, the experience can, the transformation can happen in a much, much, much shorter time period. Right. And I feel like, I, you know, I don't share this part a lot, um, but at the, the fact that it took so long to take the steps, but when I was two weeks sober, I had a bright light spiritual experience mm. that I can't describe or explain. Mm-hmm. And if it hadn't been for that, I think I would have drank again, right. you know, by the way I was taken through the steps. Um, but that experience, I mean, I, I came in an agnostic mm-hmm. and, and I had this experience that it did not... I wasn't awakened. I didn't have this solid God consciousness as a result of that experience. But what I did have and have to this day is this rock solid faith that God is, that I am safe no matter what happens around me. And, um, and I can't make that happen in anyone else. What I can do is guide them through the steps as quickly as possible Mm. so that they can have that God consciousness come to them. Awesome. Okay. uh, How many people have you sponsored? I do not know. Okay. Somewhere in the, in the dozens, but I, I've never counted. There's no wrong answer here. Don't feel pressure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a few questions that have right answers, but we will not tell you which one. (laughs) Um, how many meetings do you attend weekly? Ah, so in the age of Zoom, I probably attend seven to ten a week because mm-hmm. um, it's so easy. Uh, right. I spend more time with sponsees than I do in meetings. Um, prior to Zoom, I was attending probably three to four a week. Is your, um, in your area, are they going back or is it still, are they, did they go back and now they're going back again to Zoom or? It's all over the place. Um, There have been some underground meetings that have, you know, Mm -hmm. met in person in secret. Yeah. Um, Like Fight Club. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, My home group is still meeting on Zoom. Uh, we hope to be going back to in-person at some point, but you know, it's, it's all over the place. Cool. So I guess you've, you only do four or five meetings a week. I guess you finished your 1990 already. <laughs> <laughs> Never did 90 and 90. Hmm. Okay. The wonder I'm still standing. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that, but Okay. Uh, when was the last time you heard someone's fist step? Uh, about a week ago. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. Part B, um, tell us everything from the fist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Pull up a chair. 
<laughs> Just I only could care if there was any serious crimes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, Mrs. Jones, what is a sponsor's job? Ah. Topical. To guide one through the steps so that they can sponsor. Word. I like that. I love how succinct that was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to need five minutes of rambling nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Thursday night yet, John. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, okay. What's the longest you've seen someone push off completing a fourth step and still get through all 12 steps and recover? Oh, Jesus. Um, God, I don't know. I've seen, you know, I actually, um, there, there's a good handful of people that, um, have kind of drifted off on their four step right now that, um, that have said, you know, that they're working on it. They'll be back. And I'm not real pushy, but you know, I kind of imagine that they're all in the same room together, furiously working on it. <laughs> it's going to be really, really, really long of, you know, more in peace. No, you know, I don't, I really haven't seen anybody truly put it off and recover. Right. I really haven't. I mean, maybe, maybe procrastinating for a week or so, but not really setting it aside you know, for weeks, months at a time and coming back without a relapse. I haven't seen that. Mm. Yeah. I think I love asking that question because someone who has just said that they've sponsored dozens of people having never seen that happen. I think that's a really valuable experience to hear about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is a painful place to linger. Right. And, and I, I take women through it piecemeal. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't mean to single out women, but, um, you know, I guide them through in one sitting, the first three columns of the resentment inventory. And then within a couple of days, we're going to get together again to talk about how to do the fourth column. Mm -hmm. And then right. within a couple of days, we're going to get together to talk about how to do the fear inventory and so on. Mm -hmm. So that we're meeting really frequently. Yeah. Um, to, to, to keep the action rolling. Nice. You know, I, 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 I couldn't have understood all the directions at once. If I had been given it all at once, I probably would have just not come back. It would have been too difficult for me. Right. You know, so I, I, I like to, I like to make it as doable as possible, um, while meeting as frequently as possible to, to ward off against that procrastination. Nice. Um, side note, I just feel like I have to mention this. The one type of sponsorship style that I feel like we didn't really talk about that I, I just want to mention because I, it's one of my favorite, like, is the, um, is like the berating sponsor who mm -hmm. like goes on like two hour long, um, like phone call beat down sessions, you know, and like, uh, oh, Jesus. 
have you like i know a bunch of people who've had sponsors like that before like i've worked with them where it's just like you know it's just a constant um they're doing everything wrong and you know every little phone call that they make to them is this turns out to be this like huge thing of like oh they're they're just i mean you know what i'm talking about right john like you you you've met these i've i've heard of people like that yeah i've never had one but uh, no no not had one but you know you know of for them. sure yeah 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 I just wanted to give him a shout out <laughs> on the podcast. So, okay. Uh, oh yeah. Um, how much time have you spent studying the book? And I'll just clarify it a little bit. So I, I don't mean like working with a sponsee reading the book or being in a meeting reading the book, but I mean like separately from those, how much time have you sat down and spent studying the book? Minutes and minutes. Um, <laughs> that's a very interesting question. So I became very interested in the big book early on and would attend a lot of big book study groups. Um, on my own, just like sitting alone at home, I haven't done much studying of the book. It's been in group settings and then one-on-one with um, with other alcoholics. Although I do get into the book a lot to um, find good quotes for um, the little memes that I do, which I will explain at another time. They involve cats. It makes really? it makes a lot wait. of sense to me. <laughs> I didn't know that you were a meme maker. I'm a meme maker. It's been on the DL for a long time. I only recently started an Instagram page on it. Um, well, I'm sure he's going to tell you later to kittens. what's it called? The wisdom to know the kittens. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's how I used to say the serenity prayer when I first came in. Um, <laughs> no underscores or anything. Yeah, I, I already, I'm already following you. <laughs> right on, right on. That was fast. Wow, I didn't know we had so many mutual friends. Hey, how about that? Yeah, that's I. That was why I was <laughs> like, when I heard you on Agent X's show. That's why I was like, instantly I recognized your voice, and I was like why have we not had her on? Because mm. I'll see you on like Facebook groups that I'm on that I like may be vocal or not vocal on depending. Um, but I'm Depending like, on which name he's using. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm always like, Oh, right on. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. I agree. I'll just do a little like, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, why don't we, let me have her. Um, Okay. What is your... I love this question. What is your least favorite AA slogan and why? One day at a time because... Bingo. Oh, my God. Okay, the very first AA meeting I ever went to was a year before I got sober, and I sat through the entire meeting, um, and as I was trying to leave, all these women are giving me their phone numbers, and they're all super nice... And I had a split second of thinking, maybe I'll come back. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try this. Mm-hmm. 
And then one woman gave me this huge hug and she says, please keep coming back, honey. I've been coming here for 30 years, one day at a time. And I fled. I was like, there's no way I'm not signing up for fucking 30 years of this misery. You know, I knew one day at a time means one day at a time you struggle. One day at a time, you know, if you your head hits the pillow and you're sober, you won. You made it. And it sounded absolutely awful. Right. Absolutely awful. And it wasn't until I became, you know, for the following year, I tried to just not drink. Mm-hmm. Every day, I tried to just not drink and I tried therapy and journaling and gratitude lists and positive affirmations and got more and more and more miserable. And I finally got to the point where I I was so desperate for just the smallest bit of relief that I was willing to walk into a stupid AA meeting. Right. And I and I landed in a group that um, was full of joy and permanent sobriety. Hell yeah. And thank God, you know, but I had to have that level of desperation to be willing to be miserable for the rest of my life if that meant a little bit of relief from the bottle. Right. And that's such a beautiful story simply because that is like that boils down to the essence of why we do a podcast you know why why i make memes why fred used to make memes before he quit like the quitter that he is the (laughs) the the essence of all of this is that you could walk into a meeting of alcoholics anonymous absolutely desperate and in need of a solution desirous of that solution and willing to do all of a hundred okay let me figure out how to phrase this you could go to 90 meetings in 90 days and never hear anything that's actually in the book alcoholics anonymous except for the reading at the top of the meeting true that's a reality and so at the same time a newcomer could come in and be completely willing to do all of the stuff in the book and desperate and wanting to be sober and not hear how to achieve that and instead hear a mindless well-meaning platitude like that and hear it for the misery that it fucking presents someone who's incapable of not drinking one day at a time and the whole reason that we do what we do with the podcast is that we want people to hear the actual message of Alcoholics Anonymous because we understand that nine times out of 10 at AA meetings, that's not the bulk of what you're hearing, you know, and that people, people do, people constantly comment on memes or whatever about like, you know, why are you making a big deal about this? Let everybody recover the way they want and this and that. And it's like, brother, you're bringing your own baggage to this meme <laughs> and, you're, <laughs> and you're assuming that everyone arrived at AA in a loving solution filled room and you are absolutely wrong. That's totally wrong. And um, I cannot tell you how many people have written us emails because they heard our show and they were like, mm-hmm. just our stupid little show that's like hardly been heard by anyone. 
they've heard our show and they've been like, I literally had no idea that there were directions in the book Alcoholics yeah. Anonymous. Um, it's crazy. And a lot of those people, and a lot of those people we've, we're, you know, we know now and they're out sponsoring people and are like living an incredible life. Oh, I love it. it. It makes my skin tingle, you know? Yeah. And I had a similar experience where I'm just like, but for me, I had, I had gone through all the steps. It was a day before I picked up my first sponsee and I was like 25 days, 24 days, I think. And I went to this meeting and at the beginning they asked if anybody's under 90 days and I raised my hand and said I had 24 days. And at the end of the meeting, they asked if people are ready to sponsor and I raised my hand also. Um, yes. Well, my sponsor hit my arm. <laughs> he was like, he hit my arm. and I was like, okay. And then we approached some new guys together after the meeting and stuff. And then as I was walking out, um, I was walking real slow cause it was icy. And this woman came up behind me. She said, who's that walking in front of me? And I turned around and I was like, Oh, it's me, John Barleycorn, my real name I use in real life. Um, <laughs> And uh, she goes, oh, yeah, you you were new, right? You had 20-something days? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, I've been sober for 29 years. And the only difference between me and you is that I've been doing this one day at a time just a bit longer. Sometimes one hour at a time. Sometimes one minute at a time. And I can tell you 100%. If I had not been through the work at that point, fuck drinking. I might have just driven into an oak tree. Mm -hmm. Like, you are not offering the real alcoholic hope at all by saying that. You're offering me the barrel of a fucking gun. Like, that is bottom of the barrel shit. Anyway, great choice. Oh, God. You know, I... um you mentioned Facebook, and I posted this as a question in a couple different groups. I wrote one day at a, you know, in quotes, one day at a time, sometimes one minute at a time. And I wrote, is that a message of hope or drudgery? Right. And in some groups, everyone was like, that's hope. Cause that, you know, and, or some, a lot of people were saying, that's just real. That's just honesty that, you know, anyone who says it's not one minute at a time is lying because life gets lifey. Oh, <laughs> life gets lifey. Hey, real quick, <laughs> just to bring us back to the 12 questions. And since oh, you've yes. both put this question on a, on a T for me here, I'll just ask Mrs. Jones, um, is a, a completely fucked. <laughs> no, no, it's not. You mean like as an organization or future? I mean, I feel like you guys just did a pretty good job of describing it, but. <laughs> oh, no. You know, the thing is, the founders wrote all this stuff down, and we have this book, right. you know, and we have people who have followed the book and are so passionate about it that they'll resort to making memes or podcasts about it and do everything they can to to spread the message and and it works you know it's it's it still does um i found in this last year and a half or so of being able to sponsor people you know via zoom or you know whatever kind of video chat meeting people from all around the world Mm -hmm. i've been able to meet people who previously didn't know that the solution existed because of their small town meeting and they have awakened to what's available. I've 
had the pleasure of sponsoring more, you know, quote unquote, dry drunks mm-hmm. than ever. People who just, you know, they somehow stayed dry but miserable yeah. for a couple of decades. And they want the experience that they are now hearing people talk about. Right. And that has had a mushroom effect, you know, because then um, there's a meeting I go to where they regularly say at the beginning of the meeting, if you are new and are looking for an experience through the steps, please contact one of our sponsorship coordinators. If you are not so new and you're looking for an experience through the steps, right. please, please contact one of our sponsorship coordinators. Um so I, I feel like AA is making a comeback in AA. Right. <laughs> you know, that, uh, that um, more, more people are aware of what's available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, my final question. Bill or Bob? Bill. <laughs> nice. It's all the way. It's it's rare to get an immediate bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, they yeah, always wrestle people, with it. Most person. people are like, Bob, dude, sponsorship machine. Yeah, but Bob seems so humorless. <laughs> right. You know, he really does. I think you know, Bill's a guy I could have partied with. You know, yeah. like um, Bob and and Bob. I don't know. He just. Um, he uses a little different language, you know, than, um, than we do, you know, he talks about how he'd been craving for two and a half years, but he, you know, it, no, no chance ever yielding. He just seems a little humorless. Right. Um, I'm a, I, I'm a bill gal. Yeah. I think it's hard to love the book and not like bill, you know? Right. Yeah. Cool. Any guy who claimed he was loyal to his wife because he was extremely <laughs> drunk. You know, like. Classic. After yeah. my heart. All right. Wait, who started? You did. I have one more? No, I think that that was it for you. Okay. When you so rudely interrupted my dire- digression on the uh, one day at a time. Uh, I let you completely finish. <laughs> I was also wanted to just quickly circle back. If we could just circle back. And I just want to point out that the reason I stopped making memes was because John's memes are so much better than mine that I no longer wanted to be in competition with him. So I think Bill would have uh, made memes. Good save. Bill would have made memes for sure. Oh, Absolutely. Bob would have been How like, do we know he still doesn't? He would have been like, what um, in the Sam Hill is a Mimi? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I told um, a really famous AA speaker one time that I had a meme page, and I asked him uh, if I could take a photo of him to use on the meme page, and I would like, block out his, uh, our faces, and um, but I wanted to post it on the meme page, and he looked at me like I had four heads. <laughs> And I was trying to like explain it to him, like, no, it's like Instagram. Do you know Instagram? And he was like, nah, I don't know what any of that is. And I was like, okay, never mind. Let's just forget it. <laughs> Sorry, I brought it up. <laughs> uh, okay, do you want me to ask the bonus question? Do it. Okay, um, bonus question: How would you define thirteenth stepping? Ooh. Um. Well, I think I just read about it earlier, right, with Jim Burwell. Um, <laughs> Jim. 
<laughs> yeah, I, su- I suppose, you know, any time that um, somebody is preying on a newcomer mm-hmm. nice. with yeah. ill intentions. Right. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what a downer of a question, Fred. <laughs> we ask everyone. If you've made it this far, then you're used to this. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's not end it like that. Um, okay. Who's your favorite Care Bear? <laughs> oh, no, who's your favorite tel- Teletubby? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of something ridiculously Purple. happy. <laughs> Purple. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, hey, you're Tinky Winky kind of kind of lady. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know which one. They are. Uh, anyway, before I digress again into uh, mm. the etymology of the names of the uh, Teletubbies and the <laughs> Bears, uh, thank you so much for joining us for this. I, this is awesome. We went a whole bunch of places that I hadn't anticipated, and um, I really enjoyed it. Thank you, John. And Fred, thank you. it was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate you joining us. And um, yeah, hopefully we will see you soon in, in the uh, virtual realm. <laughs> see you in beam land. <laughs> what, is, what is your page done? Uh, Dr. Silkworth. Oh, I already follow you. Yeah, you do. That's hilarious. Thank you. Yeah, they're really I good. Find it's a good way to communicate with sponsees, too. You know, <laughs> they just, it, it is like, like they're, you know, like I have, we talked about it earlier, but like sponsees who've been hesitant to sponsor others. And I'm like, right. you know how common that is? Right. I can see any one of a dozen memes with, on exactly that topic. Right. <laughs> That's how unique you are, see, you know, and I'll just, I can I, answer that meme. Right. What I thought you were saying was that you will make memes and post them about stuff your sponsees that's what i was that's what i thought too john that's because that's how you and i would do it i went the whole passive aggressive route on it i i mean if one doesn't exist i'll create it exactly and that's how i'm like this is gonna be fun i'm like you forgot to mention that about a sponsor's job passive aggressively memeing mm-hmm. Twenty one. that's part of the deal it's most effective when they take up their beds and walk again exactly yeah awesome well again appreciate it thank you so much for joining us and uh uh well ho- hopefully we'll uh, have you back on in uh our next season whatever we decide yeah. to do with that anytime anytime thank you awesome well you have a good one